basically, I for the last 400 days, I've been out in whatever the weather gave to me. I accepted it and I welcomed it. I was in every rainstorm, every hailstorm, every snowstorm, every 100 degree day, and was very, very happy to experience nature without a condition. Greetings and love, beautiful humans, and welcome to another installment of Terrain Transformations. Our guest this week is Craig Santiago, a dear friend, a brother, and a musician who found his performing life upended by the COVID crisis. As the prevailing narrative demanded compliance from musicians to return to normal, Craig instead turned to nature and doubled down on a commitment to himself and his health on his terms. He's now in the best shape of his life and going on over 400 consecutive days of hiking the Catskill Mountains, putting in anywhere from 8 to 24 miles a day. We spoke with Craig about finding peace in the woods, about facing down the fear of being alone. And we also talked about the importance of staying true to your word, about turning the COVID crisis into a gift, and how music and the artists will be at the forefront of building a better world. Thanks for joining us, and welcome back to Terrain Theory. Craig Santiago, welcome to Terrain Theory. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you both. I I guess we should start with a quick backstory for the listener to better understand what uh, what you are doing here today and how special it is for Mike and I to have you sitting down with us and and for the listener who's no who can't watch it Craig is next to Mike they are in the same room so there's going to be a nice little vibration happening there of which I am I am somewhat envious but I know I'm going to I'm going to put that on a shelf right. uh, when back in I guess it was 2008 2009 uh well Mike and I were in a ska band in high school. That's how we know each other. Middle school, high school. We were in a ska band, played music together. Mike went on to become a really a professional musician, like a touring musician, a working musician. In uh, the Mammals, in Mike and Ruthie, you know, met his wife, Ruthie. They are an incredible songwriting duo, perf- performers. But Mike and I have this history in ska. Uh, I've always kept the love for music, a, a bit of a hack, always have a guitar nearby, but I did not go into music full-time like, like Mike did. But in 2008, I was living in Burlington, Vermont. Mike was down in the Catskills, where he is now, same studio he's in right now. And I was coming off the heels of, uh, I guess it was, well, it was a pretty bad breakup with what I thought was really my first love. Uh, so I had channeled that that experience into a lot of songs, like some songs. And those songs were less ska, more reggae. I guess I was really under the influence of a lot of Bob Marley at the time. And then I lost my brother Nate into the war in Iraq. And I was like really struggling, really hurting. And at that time, I was sending Mike some of the roughs of these songs. And Mike was like, you got, you got to get you down here to the studio to record. So brought me down to his, his studio over there in West Hurley, New York, and brought his brother Chris, Chris Miranda, uh, whose song you hear at the start and the end of every episode of Terrain Theory, Three of us got into the studio and put down some roughs of some of these songs, which were going to be called Dub Traffica. The band was going to be called Dub Traffica. The tra- the the project was Dub Traffica. <laughs> and I think Mike, you played drums on those tracks, if I recall. 
And we left the, that first session thinking, like, this is great, but there's something missing. And I think we all knew what was missing. And now, for the listener, Mike is an incredible drummer. Chris is an incredible drummer. Drums were their first instrument. But when you're putting down reggae, you, you, you need a reggae drummer. You need someone who understands reggae. And not long after that very first recording session, Mike, you rang me up and you're like, I met this guy, Craig Santiago who plays drums and he plays, he plays drum. He can play reggae drums. This guy, I understand. I'm going to reach out to him and see if maybe he wants to jump in and play drums on the dub traffic of sessions. Craig was down for it. I came down for the next recording session to get Craig's drums down and meet you, Craig, for the first time. Right. And it was, it was the universe. It was the first, it was Mike and I manifesting to the universe that, Hey, it'd be great to have a, a, a reggae drummer on this album. And here you were. And that first time listening to you play drums was, it changed my, it changed my opinion on the unit. It changed my, my life in, in a, in a profound way, because I realized that when you put something out there to the universe, the universe gives back. And it wasn't just that it was like, okay, here's a session drummer. Like here's a guy who can step in and like, Craig, you, as a human being stepped into this project and elevated every aspect of it, every aspect of it. And so that's all to say Craig Santiago in the room right now was the drummer on the dub Traffica sessions, which became this like little reggae project, but was not the drummer. He, you were a part of dub Traffica and then you became and still are a really important and influential figure in our lives. And in the, the music community down there, I mean, you are a prolific musician who has, you've said, appeared on like a hundred different albums, but it is such a treat right now to bring you back, to bring you back into my life, to have you back in our lives in this capacity. So long-winded backstory for the listener to understand that sitting with us today is just one of the more incredible musicians I've ever met. Um, not fair to call you a reggae drummer. You are a drummer, an incredible drummer, period. Thank you for that. Um, and a special, special human. I f likewise, I feel the same, Ben. I mean, both you and Mike have always been an integral part of my life, and I and I gratefully appreciate the opportunity to come and talk with you both. Like I said, I sat and listened to every episode before I came to sit with you guys because it's important what you guys are doing, and I think it's important to be the change you want to see. Right? If you if you you, you can't say, "Oh, you're going to we're going to complain about this," no action. What are we going to do about this? Me and Ben are going to get together and we're going to do something about this. So the minute I heard you guys were doing this, I got really excited and I went back and listened to everything. And that so, was only like, what's today? Today's Monday. I think it was Thursday. Thursday. We, we it was Thursday. Thursday. I was rapping on the phone with Craig about the upcoming summer hoot and he's waiting on availability from his guys. And we're just sort of like talking logistics. And I'm like, yo, by the way, I, Benny and I started this podcast and, and I was just saying before we started rolling, like. I don't know. Starting a podcast is such a cliche in 2022. I mean, even in like the new Ghostbusters movie, one of the characters names is podcast. And it's like it's because he has a fucking podcast that nobody listens to. But it's like everyone in their in their in their brother has a podcast. I I because as you know, Ben, it's like I'm very calculated and I try to eschew cliches and stereotypes and all that. I haven't been telling that many people, but I've been selectively telling people. I selectively mentioned it to Craig, and his response was so powerful. Um, it, 
I guess you called me maybe the next day to say how much you were digging it, how proud exactly. you were of me and Benny. Yep. And then I was like, you know what, bro, let's end this conversation <laughs> and let's get it on the air. Let's get you on to talk about it. So that's, that's another part of why Craig is here uh, the following Monday. I guess you just binged through through the weekend. Yeah. I, you know, Saturday, Sunday, I took out my drawing pad and listened to the end. And I was like, I want more. So you are going to give us more. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, okay. So, so what Mike said to me when he reached out and he said, look, I ran into Craig and I think we got to get him on the podcast. What he said to me was th- that one, you've been doing a, you've been doing a lot of walking in the woods. And he said, Craig, Craig's in the best shape of his life. And felt like you were on a journey that was very similar to what Mike and I and what so many others are on. That that shit happened in the last two years that projected you on something. Uh, and you've always been that way. But I want to talk. Let, tell me a little bit about Craig's in the best shape of his life, and you've been doing a little bit of walking. Talk us through that. <laughs> All right. So quick backstory. I've been a vegan for a long time. I've been a vegetarian for even longer. I haven't had a sip of alcohol in 30 years. I, you know, health is the biggest gift you can give to yourself is health. And as I'm getting older now, you, you know, people say that to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you get, you know, start getting up there in age. And how, like, how old are you, Craig? I'm 52. 52. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. So, yeah. Totally on. cool. So I, you know, I've been on a health trajectory for a long time. But when this, st- when the thing happened, I said to myself, okay, my gut says that I'm not going to be a part of that. Whatever is going to come from what I was seeing, I said, I know where this is going and I need to take action the way that works best for me. And I decided that I was going to hike every single day. So that being said, not only did I just hike every single day, I took it upon myself to take it a step further, and I am up to 3,400 miles consecutively without missing a day. I'm on my uh, fourth month into my second year of consecutive hiking. How, how many days? I'm over 400 days. I stopped <laughs> counting at 365 because that was the a goal. So once I hit 365, then I was just like, it wasn't about the right. numbers anymore. It was about my life just changed. What What was day one? What was the date that you started? Do you remember? Yes. Day one that I started tracking yeah. was February 11th. Okay. I had walked the whole month of January, but I didn't write it down. Right. Because I was just like, yeah. Yeah. But then I said, no, no, I'm going to, this is a thing. When you consciously decided, right. I'm going to do this yeah. every day. Every single day. And- <laughs> folks, we live in the Catskill <laughs> Mountains, like February 11th, middle of winter, dead of winter. And now I've passed to February and done another February. Mm-hmm. I was out during minus 20 degree days up on the, you know, above 3,500 feet. I was in every rainstorm, every hailstorm, every snowstorm, every 100 degree day. Basically, I, for the last 400 days, I've been out in whatever the weather gave to me. I accepted it and welcomed it and was very, very happy to experience nature without a condition. Right. Like, oh, you want to go hike Friday? Okay, well, for hike Friday. And then you get a phone call in the morning. It's raining. I'm like, 
yeah, but we had a plan to hike. What? what so I'm very excited. <laughs> I that. love that. I love it. It's like it's hiking on nature's terms. Like you're you're exactly right. You try and make plans. Me and the family often we play a little pickup baseball, and you look at the weather and like, oh, Friday looks good. But you're, it's not Friday looks good. Every day looks Every good. Every day is good. You know, there's not. <laughs> It's not a bad day to hike. I right. mean, it, every day I do it, there's a, a a gift. I come to a fork in the road every day. And no matter if I take the left fork or the right fork, I'm given a gift. And the gift is follow through. Mm. When you follow through with something, there is something at the end. You just got to follow through. Mm-hmm. My big thing is accountability. More than anything, if anything is important to me, it's me being accountable for my actions. It's for me to follow through what I say I'm going to do. I need to do that. I think we live in a culture where we've forgotten a lot about the importance of our word. For me, my word is all I have. So if I'm telling you I'm going to do something, I, I better honor that commitment because it's very important to me. And, and, and honoring it to yourself as well, because you know, we're in the midst of this crisis of the last couple of years and this intense quarantine and, and you already live on top of a mountain, but you were accountable to yourself. I'm going to do this every day for me, for my well-being, for my mental state, for my physical health. And you stuck to it. Stuck to it. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like we need to be accountable for our own health. I hear you guys say it on the air all the time and it couldn't be truer because nobody's going to like I listened to the part when you Ben went into your doctor, and they don't they don't know who we are. They don't. They, it's like next, next. It's just like wait a minute. How can I expect this person to give me health that knows nothing about me? Matter of fact, I want. I always say this when I walk into my dentist. I want to see that guy open his mouth and light come out. When I go to my doctor, <laughs> I don't want him to be obese. Like wait a minute. How, how can I have a health practitioner that's not taking care of themselves? Right. This is a very strange um, paradigm for yeah. me. And it's very important for me to pay attention to what's going on around me. I'm, I've had a similar attitude in that, okay, if health is all, well, I, don't, I shouldn't say all anybody's thinking about because who knows, but that, that's in the mainstream. It's just like, what sickness it's more like that's all anyone's talking about is sickness right but if if that's the case i'm going to be the healthiest version of myself i can be and it was like a real light bulb that went off for me too is that accountability agency if there's anything i can do i'm going to do it and for you i love that what you chose it on some level is very very simple walking walking one put one foot in front of the other. Boom. Yeah, they say. Well, they you know they they say you should be getting a minimum of ten to twelve thousand steps a day, and it sounds like you far you far exceeded that. You know, the one time that I looked at it, I stopped. It, it was over forty eight thousand that day, and I was like, I guess I'm getting the thousand that I'm getting. I, I, I um. So to give you a, a an idea, my average is eight miles a day. Well, I, I go from eight to 24, 24 has been my biggest journey and eight is my daily. So when I get out before work or whatever, I do eight miles or when I get home, eight miles is the lowest I do. And then I go up to 24. 
and this is these are trails in the Catskills. These yes. are if remind me uh, part of the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, so well, these trails. The, the the Appalachian Trail does go through New York, not in the Catskills. Okay, it not go, in the Catskills. It, it goes closer to Massachusetts line. But I have been going down to New Jersey and jumping on the Appalachian Trail down there. I've yeah. been hiking out the Schwanagunk region. I hiked out the whole Schwanagunk. I've been hiking out Mohawk. So I've been hiking the peripheral being the biggest part in the Catskills. So you're getting, and you, so you're getting some elevation. Uh, I'm, I did 2,500 elevation gain on Saturday in one day. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm getting it going from, you know, baseline up to above 3,500 to 4,000 feet. When you started off, you said the, the first one was like a mile, Correct. two miles. You started pretty small. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was okay. I lost 45 pounds. So I've never been in bad shape. But I did get, you know, living on the road isn't the healthiest thing. And even though I bring a cooler with me, I'm a vegan, I know how to live on the road. But there are those moments where you get out a little bit later than you thought and there's nothing to be had. So being on the road, unless you have a machine, a big machine, is very hard. And it's um, people... You know, I, I laugh at all my musician friends because people glorify being on the road. They think of how easy it is. And it's like, yo, <laughs> you know, you're, you're not getting the sleep you want. You're not getting the food you want. You're not getting the care you need. You're not getting. You're not outdoors almost at all. At all. I mean, that's a that's a funny thing, you know, with, with so many of the venues having been closed and more things, people who are trying to keep anything going, transitioning to outdoors. I'm thinking like. I'm good with that. We should be outdoors more. And Craig, for your work, you work I, I outdoors work primarily. So <laughs> I, spend, I mean, just look at the contrast there from like someone who works outdoors is hiking outdoors. Then you go on the road, you're stuck in a van, you're stuck in a venue. Just that alone, um, we don't think about it when you're in the midst of it. I think you get caught up in the romance of being a musician. I'm on the road, I'm playing music, I'm following my dream. Music is is sacred, which it is, but to be sequestered indoors hour after hour after hour for weeks on end, I think anyone would agree is it's almost inhumane. Yeah, it's not a. We're we're natural beings, you know. We're carbon based beings. We're, we're we're meant to. We thrive in nature. That's when I give an example. A person that lives in the city, they say, can hear audio up to a half a mile. They say a person that lives in nature can hear up to a three mile range. <laughs> so just that, think about that. Hmm. The people who live in nature, their senses are heightened for being in nature. Yeah. So that's one little uh, example. Yeah. You, you become, for lack of a better term, superhuman just by being in a- or Or, or just human. Or just, (laughs) right. It's like when people say, oh, you know, does being gluten-free make you feel better? No, it just makes me feel okay. Okay. As we're, as we're supposed to feel. It makes me feel baseline. Right. 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 And, and, you know, being outside, it's the most incredible gift. I I can't even quantify into words the, the the gift, you you, you know, Ben, one of the most beautiful things and there's been so many, but the biggest thing that I could walk away with from being alone out in the woods, pretty much I hike 98% alone most of the time. I have some friends, some great friends that do some great hikes with me, but truthfully, most of the time I'm alone. And the biggest gift that I got, I'm okay being alone now. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, oh, I need to, yo, I want someone to come with me. Oh, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. This is my, this is my prayer. This is when I get time to go in nature and say my prayer and do my meditation uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't get a lot of time to say, all right, I'll be back in eight hours. I'm going on a hike. Like my average is five to eight hours daily. I'm mm-hmm. out there no matter what the weather is. You know, and there's days I wake up and it's hailing, freezing rain. And I'm like, all right, here we go. You know, <laughs> you know, it's just like perfect example. I've been taking cold showers for eight years. And, you know, when the season changes and you're like, wow, I'm going in there again. And then it gets to a point where you, you don't that that goes away. And then it gets to a point where it's just what you do. It just becomes a part of what you do. And then, like I heard you say on an episode, Ben, I could stay in there now. I'm not even. And the other beautiful thing that a cold shower will do for you, it makes you look through the fear. You're like, I'm not afraid. Oh, yeah, I can do. Like I heard Mike say that was a big thing. Yeah. You know, I can do scary things. That's exactly what the cold water, the gift that the cold water gave to me. You, you, You can do it and not be like, oh, and you're conquering a baseline fear every day you go in that shower, you're conquering something that you didn't want to do. So now it's working on a really heavy level in spiritually and mentally. And the hiking is doing the same thing too. And like you say, you wake up, you look out the window, it's 10 degrees, it's hailing out. You're like, whew. You know, you know, we were, we're raised to think like it's raining, stay indoors, don't catch a cold or, you know, all these little tropes. Well, yep. You're like, get, get me out get there. Me out there. Yeah. I, I, yeah, man, I can't. There's so, been so many days up on the mountain. You know, I've come face to face. I've been walking down a trail and boom, in front of me, there's a black bear. You know, it's like, okay. Or I'm coming up around a corner and there's a six foot rattlesnake right in front of me. Hmm. Like all these things that. You know, I've been an avid hiker. I've hiked every state in the United States except for Alaska. What I would do when I was on tour is the bus leaves at 12 while I'm up at 5 and I'm going to hike that town. Because there's no uh, there's no way to see all these great places that we go see. We don't get to see them. Right. Yeah. We get to drive through them. It's a wave. misnomer. Right. You know, it's like, but no, if you take action, you say, you know what? I'm going to get up early and I'm going to go out and hike before the bus leaves. This way I get to see some of the incredible journey that we're going on. I get to live it a little bit more just because I'm not drinking at night. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I wake up ready to go. I'm yeah. not like, oh man, I gotta, gotta work off this night that I had last night. Yeah. It's huge. You've made it up. You've made it, It's prioritization. I think there's what some might call sacrifice. So you sacrifice drinking alcohol which i don't look at anymore as a sacrifice i'm with it's, you <laughs> i've I've, cu- I've cut away i've cut away something that is a net negative yes and and the 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 pros far outweigh the cons so i've cut that sort of fat away from my life and then everything else that remains and i and you continue to do that okay what else don't i need what else is a net negative exactly. and then the rest of it you just prioritize and for you you've made this hiking 
this getting out into nature, which sounds as, as spiritual as anything else, as physical, uh, it's just become a priority in your life. And what I love about it is we have this like this phrase when you're going to do activities outdoors, like I'm going to go mountain biking with my friends, but it's weather dependent. <laughs> and what you're doing is not weather dependent. You've made the commitment that you're going to go no matter what. And that's 100%. That's actually that's that's a that's such a strength that bond that word that you give yourself. I'm doing this, no matter what. I don't need to necessarily make it public. I'm going to make that word with myself, and then I'm just going to follow through. And now here you are on day 400 plus, and it's like, hey guys, by the way, this is what I've been doing the last you know right. year year plus, and that's so powerful. Well, and two things about that, um, like I was saying earlier, don't go out in the out in the cold, you're going to catch a cold. It's like to the contrary, you are easily in the best health of your life. And also I just want to, even though it might be self-evident, like you probably wouldn't have taken this plunge were it not for this bizarro COVID crisis that sort of like blew up all our worlds. Correct. Right. Correct. So like more silver linings. I, I took from the beginning, there were certain things that I didn't want to get involved in certain things that were being pushed that I did not want to have a part of. So I said to myself, okay, if I'm going to not take what they want me to take, then I better do something on my own so I don't have to take it. And my answer was get in the best shape of my life. Yeah. So that, that was my answer to something that my body told me, no, 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 no. I, I don't want a part of this conversation that's being had right now. And so I took it upon myself to take it to the woods and that's where I knew how to get the healthiest I could. Yeah, amazing. And I mean, this might be the obvious question. And I hate when people put this question in my lap, but I'm going to ask you, like, <laughs> can you speak a little bit like how how that is manifested? How do you feel different after 400 days of hiking as opposed to you know before? Because you've always hiked. You've always been someone who's outdoors. But like, yep. can you quantify that at all? Yes. I've been doing a lot of breath work. Mm -hmm. I'm able now to go up a 4,000 foot elevation, 3,500 foot elevation without stopping. Yeah. Before I could hike, sure. But I was taking long winded breaths and I was like, wow, now I go up and I can talk. I could do my breath work while hiking. I couldn't do that before. Yeah. The breath work that I do, I could barely do standing still, yeah. let alone hiking. So there was one of the direct things that I noticed was I had a lot more capacity in my lungs. Yeah. So that was a major health benefit right there. The other thing as far as um, my body strength, it totally increased my body strength and it um, more energy and yeah. so, so many things down the line that you don't think about until you're in it. And then you could say, Oh, wow, I, I feel great. <laughs> I, well, right. And, uh, those three, you know, breathing, energy, strength, sort of physical attributes. And let's not forget this is a respiratory thing that, 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 that the culture has been confronted with. Um, but also mental health, I'm guessing, must be just enormous. In enormous. I, I, I said to Ben briefly and you, not that to say when someone says, oh, how are you doing? I feel better than I've ever felt. Yeah. So for me to say to someone, not that I feel bad saying it, because I don't feel bad saying it. I just think a lot of people don't understand 
what that means for certain people. And the people that actually took this period as a gift got a big benefit. Not to, not to call this a benefit because listeners will hear that word and yeah, say, yeah, yeah. you're calling this a benefit. Yeah. No, don't, don't misconstrue what I'm calling a benefit. The benefit isn't, the benefit is you have a action and then there's a reaction. So for my action, the reaction was better health. So I got gifted this time yeah. because we don't have the time to do anything when you're a traveling musician. You're on go. So when I got to sit back and say, this is what I'm doing now, that did make a world of a difference yeah. on so many levels. And, and you know, I think what you're saying, like this experience has been different for every single human being on the face, really Without worldwide, which is crazy that everybody is sort of navigating the same, I'm going to use this word again, crisis worldwide. It's different for everybody. I just want to like, you know, give give power to to everybody who's navigating this and whatever you're going through. But for so many of us, myself included, it was an opportunity to um to to make a change that I didn't know how bad I needed. Absolutely. You know, and what I kept hearing was, I can't wait till we can get back. And that really struck me, man, because I don't ever want to go back for a, forever. Like right. Going back to what? To being unhealthy, to being cooped up, to being, you know, I know all my neighbors now. Yeah. I know neighbors from miles away now. I know farmers from miles away. Now, granted, I'm a gardener as well. So I, I do know a lot of farmers, but now I know so many of my neighbors that I didn't know before directly because I was out hiking. So now that brings community in. So it's like, oh, wait. I've been in the, this region for decades, and now I've known more people within two years than I had for 20 years. It's funny, too, because you were saying how initially it was maybe a solo enterprise and how you overcame the fear of, if it was a fear of just like being alone all the time and you embraced a bit. <laughs> in, in doing so, you ended up meeting a whole bunch of people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think it's also interesting that from the, from the get-go as the whole world started to weather this, you know, this thing and this, this crisis, the phrase, we can return to normal. If we do X, Y, and Z, we can return to normal. And typically that was, we're going to remove these freedoms, these, <laughs> these choices, right? But if you do this, we can return to normal. And I want to echo what you, what you've said, because I don't hear that phrase as often anymore. I don't hear the, the the same voices that were saying we can return to normal saying we'll return to normal or even this is the new normal. Uh, and I want to pick that up and, and continue to run with it because I think it's I think it's important for us, the voices right here on this podcast and those who perhaps are on similar journeys, particularly around like health freedom, but also really just restructuring how we look at health, how we look at community health, how we look at global health and say, we're just getting started. We what what was in 2020 and before that's done, and we are never going back. As as a growing community of people who are finding one another you, through digital means or through uh, you know in person means, like you said, meeting your neighbors, we have to continue to pound and say there is no. We don't accept your new normal, and we're never going back to the old normal. Those days are done, and we can't tell you exactly what we're moving into, 
but we know it's a much brighter future than than where we came from a much brighter place than where we came from a place of empowerment a place of community a place of accountability and a place of untold health like a place where everyone's going to realize themselves to their fullest potential we're just getting started amen to that brother craig one of the one of the pieces that i i really picked up on was when you said not afraid of being alone that you've that you've faced this fear of being alone and also you mentioned that that quietness that you found in nature can you tell us a little bit more of what you found there what you are finding as you go outdoors into nature yeah most definitely so while i'm out there i'm communing directly with nature now i've always communed with nature but in a different way, I, I'm actively meditating and actively trying to become as quiet and still as I can. So while I'm out there, it's a little bit easier for me. Everybody's different. Everyone meditates in a different way. If and who does meditate, everyone has their own way. For, for the eye, being in nature is easier for me to find that still and that quiet because I could focus on a bird. I could focus on the water. I could focus on the wind. I could focus on these natural elements that bring a calm to my soul without, for, for without even giving you a reason of why they bring a calmness, they just do. The minute I, I, could, I could walk on the road and my knee will give me a hard time on pavement but if I get in the woods on a trail, I can hike up to 25 miles. So nature is the biggest healing place on the planet for me. Everybody's got their place. For me, it, it, it's nature. So when I do my breath work, it's a lot easier when I hear birds in the background or I hear the wind blowing. I, I can find that place of quiet to start from. So that's how being outside helps my meditation practice and it helps my, my, my liberty. There's an overlap with your embrace of the, the quiet that you find on these walks and your abilities as a, a drummer within the genre of reggae. One of the things that I admire so much about you as a musician and as a drummer is your, and this is what I've always admired in the best reggae drummers, is what they don't play. <laughs> of their ability to leave space, of their ability to recognize that that genre, reggae music, is about space. This It's slow. There's not a lot going on necessarily. And you as a drummer could do that. You are a master at that, that ability to go, I'm going to let this song breathe. I'm not going to overplay. I don't hit too many notes. Uh, and I can see you in that outdoor space on a walk, just falling right into that quiet and that silence and finding your place in it without, without disturbing, saying, I'm just going to nestle in here, find that vibration and go with it. Right on. I give thanks for that. And you know, that's the thing about reggae. People don't understand the complexity to it because to the ear, it sounds simple. But what they don't understand is every you got eight people doing one tiny little thing. They're all doing something different, 
but it's making up the micro is making up the macro without when one person falls off then we're not we're not in sync so it's the same symbiotic relationship we have with the earth some people have fallen off so the earth's not in sync with music it's the same thing especially with reggae music everyone has to be working together and listening to each other to make that happen and I, and i find myself um as a rhythm player I, I like supporting my band members. I like to be a supporting um, player. And I feel I, I, I feel like I embrace supporting instead of saying, hey, look at me. I'm okay being in the back and making it a part of what's going on. I've been okay with that role. I, I think, uh, sorry, Benny, I was going to say, uh, you hear in the culture this concept of like uh, – the quote unquote symphony, the symphony being in tune. And it's often framed like a classical sort of white paradigm, right? This, But I love, of course, this is true for all music, but reggae in particular, the simplicity of many people um, essentially becoming in harmony. And that's something we, we, um, we sort of arrived at in our last interview with Bradley Campbell um, because in the previous interview with Tom Cowan, we were bandying about a bunch of words. We were trying to like, we asked him straight up, what, what is health to you? Or how would you define health? And he's like, I don't think I would. And, and Ben was like, well, is, is health being in balance or is health being whole? And this idea of being in harmony, I think is, is closer to what we, we were sort of stumbling towards. Being in harmony, the earth is in harmony ecosystems, healthy ecosystems are in harmony. Our microbiome in balance, it's in harmony. Um, energetically, when you're vibing with somebody, you're you're harmonizing, right? The frequencies are harmonizing. And that's exactly what you're talking about with reggae music, but also how you're learning to integrate and appreciate the natural world to like to to be one with nature in harmony. Harmony. Yeah. You know, along this whole trip as well, I've been photojournaling um, I'm working on two books, one on mushrooms. I've got over 2,000 photos of mushrooms. and This is mushrooms you've photographed on your hikes? On my hikes. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going to do a photo journal book on the actual hikes. And the world of mushrooms, I hear you guys talking about it often, it is, is fascinating to me as well. I spend hours photographing them. You know, the irony is I don't really eat mushrooms and I just have this deep love and fascination for them. I have a deep love and fascination for all things na natural, for whatever it may Do be. Do you just not, not dig on mushrooms? You know, no, it's not that I don't dig them. I mean, I mean, dietarily, because you are, you know, you're a vegetarian, you're a vegan. For right. Most of the vegans, I know that's like a staple. It, it's, it's, um, it's a textural thing for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bottom line, it's like okra. I love the taste of okra texturally yeah might sound funny it's been one of those things but i'm fascinated by it i'm fascinated by the medicine i'm all about that and just one of the fruits that i i don't partake in yeah as yeah. far as that side of it yeah for, for what it's worth i don't think it's ironic that you uh that you say that you love mushrooms but don't eat them i think you can uh express your love for a thing without eating it <laughs> you know right i mean as, as you vegan, should. there you go That's, you know exactly yeah you know and also my friends laugh but they're, they're like oh i want to come pick mushrooms with you and i'm like well 
Now, now this is going to get a little out there for some people, but I don't want people coming with me that are going to pick mushrooms because then maybe they won't show themselves to me anymore. Right. Yeah. Who knows? I, I, I pay attention. I talk to the trees. I talk yeah. to the mushrooms. I talk to the grass. I talk to all things in nature. Now, my friends laugh at me. They're like, are you kidding me, man? You don't want me to come with you because I'm going to pick mushrooms. And then you're afraid that they're not going to show you anymore. I said, can you prove to me that that's not true? Right. And they're yeah. like, well, no. I was like, well, then I don't want you to tell yeah. me how All these, uh, these interlocking pieces, like in the, again, in the Tom Cowan conversation, he was saying how he talks to his guardian angel and he just asks sometimes for advice or, Hey, could you give me a steer here? And always his guardian angel responds with whether it's an email that comes in for something some tree he was barking up or whatever it is but he said the deal is if you ask you have to follow through so i've i've been trying this a little bit lately asking hey could you help me i'm trying to figure out if i should x y and z and when the when the response is given it's sort of a big deal and you have to respond it's like whoa the ball is back in my court there's like a sacred trust a two-way street and you have to hold up your end of the bargain and asking you shall receive yeah yeah and like and we don't want to believe it when it happens because it seems so simple oh, and you're like i know you're like wait, wait a minute just this morning i mean i i think i sent you a picture ben i i asked for a little guidance about a couple of these new songs that i've written whether i should release them or not because they're born of the health freedom movement and i know they're they're important to me i know that they're important to the some of my friends i've sent them to and and uh one audience in particular that they were particularly geared for um but i've been hesitant to let them fly into the world out of fear of the cancel culture and and all that silliness um and just today i was doing my morning routine and at my feet written in fucking light I am not kidding you. And it's because I'm doing my routine in front of the sewing machine, which is a singer sewing machine. But the sun is sending this beam of light through the iron word singer and writing on my feet, on my naked feet, the word singer. And I just couldn't not acknowledge that that the sun is writing the word singer on you on my body. And I went, Whoa. And we, and we, and we're going to question that. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that, and I'm just going to, I'm going to just walk away from that. Right. I'm going to pretend that isn't well, a response to what's been going through my, so the, the, the <laughs> balls longer, in my court, you guys, the longer I go on this journey, the more I realize there are no coincidences. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I'm in that spot every day. Like you said, you, you've been hiking for 400 plus days. I've been having my morning routine every single day since this started, often outside, but through the winter inside that same spot. It, that never happened before. before. Never happened before. Right. The word singer was never emblazoned in sunlight on my feet until this morning. Morning. <laughs> and gone, gone are the days when we would ignore such signs. That is amen, Benny. Right. You know, we get older and hey, look at that. We can actually, you know, things do change. <laughs> You're like, wow, well, yeah. look at this. Yeah, we're look just, at us old we're, dogs. We're just, <laughs> we're just starting to wake up. Uh-huh. It's like, wow, okay, right. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Craig, uh, so in addition, to, in addition to taking this health journey and committing to, to the hiking every day, uh, losing the weight, spending all that amazing time in nature, there were there were other 
sacrifices that were made that maybe weren't made willingly. Part of that being like your your ability to get on the road. Yes. And uh, and and related to health freedom and health choice. And where do you stand on that now? Well, I am still in the status of where I stood in the beginning. That is, I, I, I'm flexible. So if, if I have to change up what I do from 35 years, I'm going to change up what I do. I, I, I have principles. I stand on my principles. So if that means that if you're going to give me a, a if you're going to say, okay, you've been playing music for 35 years, you're not going to play music unless you do this. I'm not that guy. <laughs> and my friends that know me will tell you that you're going to give me an ultimatum. You're not going to like the answer. So where I stand is where I stood from the beginning. I, I, I'm not going to partake in things I don't believe in and, and, and putting something in my body that I don't believe in is a big part of that. So where I stand on it is I'm going to continue to move forward and be very lucky to have played the summer hoot last year. It was my favorite, my first gig in two years and, and one of my most beautiful gigs and my band loved it. And, you know, just as this started, I put out my first solo record and it was during a pandemic. And then I, we got X to play the hoot and I had the best time. And in that you, Ben, were the first person in a year and a half that I hugged. I saw you in the crowd and I was like, holy shit, there's Ben. And I ran up to you and I gave you a hug. And now normally that's not something fear, love trumps fear. So I had no fear in hugging you because it was a love, it was a moment of love. Mm. So I didn't think of the fear of, oh, I better not hug this brother because I'm afraid of getting something. Now I'm not telling people to go around and ignore. I'm just saying in that moment, love trumped fear. So I felt strong in my conviction that I needed to share love with you in that moment. So I, I was, I'm just as happy to have done that one show than to do the 85 shows I would have done because that one show probably gave me more joy than those 85 shows would have given me. Because those 85 shows, there would have been a lot more um, stuff to deal with that I didn't want to deal with when playing the hoot was all that I wanted to do. Every part of me was really excited to be there. I was really excited for what Mike and Ruthie are bringing to the community and all the people that work at the show can bring to the community and all the people that never get mentioned, all the work that they do for the community. As a musician, I have a lot of admiration for what Mike and Ruth are doing in this community. It's really important. It's important work. So for me to get asked to be a part of that, it was a big honor for me. And, and we had a great time. Yes. So it, it, it's hard, yes, to, when someone says, you can't play in my club unless you put this in your body. So then I guess that means I'm not going to play a lot anymore. Yeah. It, it, just listening to you talk, it's like most of us got into music for lack of a better term, to like buck the system a little bit. It's like, you know, I'm not going to get the straight job. I'm not going to do the normal thing. I'm going to be a fucking artist. artist. Like come hell or high water, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to take my lumps. going to do it on my terms. On my terms. Right. And you're, <laughs> it's just funny that um, you are still, I guess myself as well, we're still, we're only going to do it on our terms. Thanks. 
you have to rebel against the music industry at this point to play music on your terms. Which is so deep. How deep is that? It's really like, it's really hard in the music business to begin with. That's the irony of it, right? As it, it wasn't hard enough before. (laughs) Well, that's like, how many times have I said that? It's like, it was already hard to, to eke out a living as a musician. Then they took away sales. It's like, then the streaming thing. And I was like, Oh my God, like (laughs) now, now at least half of our income poof. But you know what? (laughs) The intrepid ones of us, we're going to keep going. We're going to figure it out. Okay. You took away half our income. It was already pretty fucking hard. We're going to keep going. And and here's just another thing. It's like, well, now you can only play, I don't know, this tiny fraction of venues are in these states or whatever it is. It's like, okay. Like I just drove to Florida in March because that was where I was welcome. Welcome. And the, the irony of it is I am a bit of a, uh, let's just say I just put out my first two records in a pandemic with no means of digital format. I put vinyl out. So also not, not only that, Craig, but you, you have no website, you have no social media presence. You just like you printed vinyl, vinyl. and you sent some, some emails out to print. That that's how I was getting the word across. So the irony of it is in an age of where social media rules, I still haven't taken that plunge. I'm still, you, you want to get my record? Craig Santiago music at gmail.com. You know, it's, it's as old school as that. Although I will say through my younger, more intelligent friends have got me up to speed (laughs) and there is a website now um, that will be going live very soon within, within weeks with all my music and art up on the website because of my younger friends that I do listen to. They're like, Hey man, you know, you, you, you got to wiggle a little yeah. because I'm not one that I'm, I'll wiggle when it comes to relationships and to, when it comes to things that mean that wiggling is a part of, but when someone tells you that you're going to do something, that's when the wiggling stops. When, let me rephrase that. When someone tells me what I'm going to do with my body, mm. my body, my choice. So that's when the the wiggling, there's no more wiggling when you're going to bring down on me what I need to do with my body. I'm not telling anyone what they should do with their body. So I would, re, it would be nice to get that back, but that's not what we're getting back. Well, it's funny because you have the same attitude about music, my music my choice right. you know everybody's jumping on instagram and, and spotify is like no that's not how i roll right yeah and maybe you know now how 35 <laughs> years into a career and 20 <laughs> years into digital takeover now you're maybe ready to to take it on on your terms um i mean even check this out so you know skyrotum hasn't done a gig since 2007 but we got a few fans out there and every couple of months i get an email because we've got a band camp page and the old albums are up there and this fan very kindly sent me an email i think his name is ken and he said like man i i have all your albums i got them on Bandcamp, but nobody everyone streams now right and he's, <laughs> he's like so it was like i just i hope it's not too much to ask but i was wondering like could you like get them up on spotify it would just be it just be more convenient for me and like you know i you know, I think it only costs like 40 bucks and you can do it on CD baby as if I've never released an album before, which was funny. <laughs> uh, and I was like, you know, that email came in a couple months ago. Have I done it yet? 
No, because it's on my terms. It's like, sure. you know what, dude? They're on Bandcamp. It's like, come on. Well, Part of me is just like stubborn, but at the same time, it's like, come on, get with the time. You've got fans out there who want to listen to your music. And if you just make it a little easier for them, they're it's like what you know, you're trying to remove roadblocks all through your life uh between you and your audience. So this I think that's where you're arriving at too. It's like let's let's um this is just another tool to connect with a broader audience. Not even a broader audience, the current audience. The current audience. <laughs> and, and, and what about the fact that these platforms only mention the said artist? You cannot find any information about who played on that record. Yeah. Mm. That's really deep. That, that, that's, that's a big deal for you. us. That is a big thing because when you're... Uh, so I just released two records under my own name. After 100 records of playing for other people... When you're on a record that you don't can't even see your name on the digital platform that you played on that record, that that's yet taking away from the the artist and the importance of the artist being on that record. You're being scrubbed from history in exactly. some ways. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, wait a minute. How come but if they could make money from seeing your name on that platform, I bet you'd be up there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> a bit really quick, they figure out a way how to make that happen. You know, it's so fucked up and not to get into this streaming rant, but you know, here we are, we're talking about you it know. and it's all, it's part of our lives. And in some ways, maybe part of our mental health <laughs> having to navigate this shit. But when the COVID crisis came down and everybody's doing online shows and people were, again, Spotify was sort of like under the the looking glass like how are you guys going to step up because you are notoriously underpaying artists and so what they did and this is interesting they because they could have fucking done this from day one but because of the crisis they put a little paypal embed on any any artist's page who you had to go through the little form and then bing there it was um make a donation COVID cares to musicians or whatever, however they were, whatever the banner was. You want to know how many artists, I mean, sorry, how many fans sent us money through that link? Zero. There you go. Zero. Yep. I don't even know what it means. It's just like crazy. I just don't even, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as it's really hard for people to understand, right? Because, who needs musicians, right? Like we're, we're, you know, like we're not doctors, we're not <laughs> lawyers, we're not, you know, we're at the bottom of the food chain. Now, without art and music, everyone suffers, but for all intents purposes, for whatever reason, on the importance list, we're pretty low. So everything gets taken away for us to make a living, but yet, you know, people like Crimea River, we got bigger fish to fry. Like, whoa, 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 wait, you know, there's a lot of people that now can't make a living. And if you choose not to do what the mainstream wants you to do, you will be punished. So it's an interesting, and then you get the whole from your friends that aren't on the same alignment as you. Now you're an enemy. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. I, this isn't against you, man. But because they listen to certain platforms and their thinking gets quantified into a group thought, now we're not thinking for ourselves. And now the narrative of us being the bad guy is being thrown upon us because we don't 
want to do something to our own body. We're not telling you what to do. We're just saying what we don't want to do. So I think it's, it's very something to really look at and say, what's this the beginning of? Yeah. You know, as we talk about how we move forward into the, the, our new normal, this future that we're building for ourselves and those who are along this journey too, Craig, I have to come back and, and push back when you say that musicians are the, on the low, you know, the lowest person on the totem pole. I know what you mean is, you know, the people in charge look at it and say the musicians are the lowest person on the totem pole. And what I want to put out there is in this new world that we are creating, that musicians are not at the low end of the totem pole, that they are actually elevated to where they should be, which is at the very top. top. That I think without music, music is you are the essential, you are the essential workers. You should have been the essential workers from from the moment, from from the word go. That musicians should have all the all the venues should have found a way to stay open. Music should have thrived because without music we wither and die. Correct. Music is food. It is nourishment for the soul. One hundred percent. We we are only starting to understand the relationship that we have as humans to frequency and sound. And in the new world that we're creating, music. I don't think we can create this new world without musicians like yourselves, number one, continuing to do what you're doing and bringing people along that way. You play the music right. and, the, and, and the people will follow. So what is the music that we are going to play? Mike, you're talking about it, this, this health freedom music genre, which is it's, it's, it's not coalesced yet. There are some people who are making these songs. You're making these songs. I know we all feel it in our hearts. And that music is going to is going to guide us. That music is going to be what inspires and what wakens folks to to fall in on this journey. And then in this new world that we're creating, it is you musicians who will be there at the very head of it. You, it is you musicians who will be there when sun goes up. It's you musicians who will be there when the sun goes down. And you will you will envelop every aspect of those people living in this new world with with your music because it heals, it nourishes, and without it, we wither and die. I think, and it's all artists, I think. I mean, I've been getting that message more and more from the different podcasts I listen to. So people making this, this um, I guess, observation or intuition that, you know, you can throw all the science at the world at people, but it's the poetry that's going to get through. And and I mean, as a poet, yes, <laughs> that resonates with me. But I know what they're getting at. It's like because you can you can uh, connect to somebody at a place that's not cerebral, right? It's from a heart soul place, and that's what music is. That's what poetry is. That's what art is. Um, and I I I think we got to get back to that. We got to get away from trying to like rationalize and make sense of everything, and just like into it. You know, like you were saying, like old friends of yours, Craig, people you have history with, you've made music with, now viewing you as an enemy. Like that's, it's deep deep and it's coming from a place of like, uh, like mental static, right? There's something, people are trying to do these mental gymnastics in their heads, say, but I read this and I saw this. It's a narrative. It's not just like a, it's not a solo feeling. It's a narrative being co-opted yep. and then people taking this narrative instead of thinking for themselves they're like oh yeah yeah these guys don't want it's like no 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 we're not about i personally work outside so i'm i work outside i hike outside i'm outside 18 hours a day 
So why would I want to, you know, the, the whole thing is um, absurd to me, but not to say it's absurd. When I make these generalizations, generalizations get in trouble. I'm not talking about the people that went through this, that had their life devastated. This is real. I'm not downplaying for anybody listening that went through not being able to see their loved one in a home, not being able to visit their parents, not being, that is so real. Losing losing somebody. Exactly. Exactly. So that's not the part that I'm talking to. It's, it's just so much deeper. And I think people need to think for themselves a little bit and, and be a little more open and try to, to look at uh, the whole picture and not just these talking points that they're, they're being said to. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Craig, where, where will people be able to find you uh, online? What is the, the website URL? So the website will be craigsantiago.com. Very simple, easy to remember. Uh, and Craig, we are we are long overdue for getting back into that studio to continue <laughs> yeah. the the Dub Traffica project, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. Oh, great! Uh, you know, uh, when when I talked to Mike the other day, I was just like, you know, Dub Traffica too, man. I, I I'm really waiting and excited for that because it's four brothers and a sister that uh, it was a beautiful time in my life, man, and I, I really welcome doing another project with you and we had such great time that's love right there you know I mean, yeah, put- I, I, i'm grateful to be a part of what that meant for you at that time in your life i'm very glad that i could be there for you and support that way and yeah, more than you more than you could ever know man uh really appreciate you coming on craig santiago you are a brother thank you for sharing your journey with us and we, you are definitely going to be coming back on this podcast my man right on and and, and seriously to all you out there listening you know a lot of respect for Michael and Ben to do what they do. It's really hard to get out there and let your voice be heard in a community that, you know, can be a little bit judgmental. So kudos to you both for living your truth and for saying, I'm going to do something about this. I'm not going to just keep on letting stuff steamroll us. No, no, no. Our voice is going to be heard. So I, I, a lot of respect to you both for that, man. Uh, seriously. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, man. Appreciate that, Craig. Totally. I will talk to you. Without a doubt. Much love, man. Our guest this week was Craig Santiago. If you want to learn more about Craig and his music, bookmark craigsantiago.com. His website is coming soon. If you have a terrain transformation story you'd like to share with us, a return to health using alternative methods, modalities, medicines, send an email to ben at terraintheory.net. We'd love to have you on. The Terrain Theory Podcast is hosted by Ben Hardy, that's me, and Mike Miranda, two friends since childhood on a journey to explore an alternate paradigm, Terrain Theory, where agency, accountability, and empowerment are central to achieving better health. Nothing you heard here should be taken as medical advice, as neither Mike nor I are medical professionals. Remember that you are light, you are love, and you are your primary healthcare provider. We'll catch you on the next one.